Tonight, I've titled the message, the sermon, the Bible study, however you want to call this, I've, I've titled it a miracle. I've called it the miracle. It's a great miracle in the Bible that we're going to look at. And so if you open your Bibles now to Mark 2, and we're going to read 1 through 12. You can also find this in Matthew and chapter 9. You can find it in Luke and chapter 5, this story that we're going to read uh, today, many of us know this story as Jesus he- heals the paralyzed man. And so we're going to read this story right now. So open your Bibles to Mark 2. And we're going to read a story about Jesus and the miracle and how Jesus at the same time just loves us, cares about us, shows us in this passage how much he cares about people and how much he loves us by reading this. So we'll start in verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing him a paralytic carried by four of them, Since they could not get to him, get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat of the paralyzed man that he was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law, the Pharisees basically, were sitting there thinking to themselves, What does this fellow talk like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on the earth to forgive sins? He said to the paralytic, I tell you, Get up, take up your mat, and go home. Guess what happened? He got up, he took his mat, and he walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. Wouldn't it amaze you? I mean, it amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Can you imagine that scene? Jesus comes back in. He's in a home. People all around because they want to hear Jesus. You know, the passion that the people had because they wanted to hear Jesus. My first question tonight that I had to ask myself was, do I have that kind of passion? Do I still have that kind of passion that when I hear the name of Jesus, I want to hear what Jesus has to say? I want to hear everything. And can you imagine the testimonies of the people that were there? First of all, could you imagine the testimonies of the four friends after Jesus healed after Jesus healed the paralytic and the friends? Could you imagine what they were thinking? They were probably just screaming at the top. Did you, did, did you see that? Did you see what happened? They were high-fiving. I don't even know if they knew what a high-five was then, but they were doing whatever. They were screaming. You know, the ladies were there, and they were going, I can't believe, because it says here in the Scripture, it says they were amazed, and they said, we've never seen anything like this. And so the people were doing that. The Pharisees, of course, are the people of the law saying, you know, I, I, I don't know if I really like this or not. I mean, I don't know. 
they were just kind of downers about it all, and they, they, they doubted. I don't know what he's doing forgiving sins. Only God can forgive sins. And so they were kind of all talking. The testimony of them, the other people, the testimony of those people were, did you see what Jesus did? This is the Jesus we're talking about. This is why we come and we want to see Jesus. And so the testimonies were all around. They were amazed at what Jesus is doing. And I thought to myself, I said, wouldn't it be great if, if we could have the testimony of the paralyzed man. And I thought to myself, well, I wonder what that would have sounded like. And I thought, I said, I wonder if there's anything anywhere that shows what that might have sounded like a little bit. And so I want you to watch this clip of what it must have been like. And here's a testimony of what it must have been like to be this paralyzed man in Mark 2. Who has the plan? <laughs> there wasn't a plan. No, no, no. When you're desperately in need, you don't stop and think that digging a hole in the roof of a stranger's house might be a bad idea. You just do it. So we did it. Now we pulled that operation off. That's a story for another day. <laughs> and it's a good one. <laughs> you, you should have seen everybody's face when they were lowering me down, all sprawled out on that mat. At one point, I just looked at everybody, and I was just like, hello. <laughs> everybody was shocked, except for Jesus. It's like he was expecting me. Jesus, he had this big smile on his face. He looked up at my friends, he looked at me, and he said these words. He said, my son, your sins are forgiven. Now listen. I wasn't being lowered down on a mat because I was exhausted from running a marathon. I was being lowered on a mat because my legs didn't work. So when he said he was going to forgive my sins, I was thinking, sins? What about my legs? But I just didn't get it then. See, in saying he could forgive sins, Jesus was kind of... You know, he wasn't kind of saying it. He was... He was claiming to be God. Now, I don't have time to tell you everything the Pharisees told us we had to do to earn forgiveness. Needless to say, it'd be easier to move a mountain than to find forgiveness. And here, Jesus is just handing it out. Most everybody in that room had to be thinking the same thing. Who does this guy think he is? Who does this guy think he is? You can't forgive sins if you're not God. And if you're not God, you can't do this. I went in there hoping that I could stand on my own two feet and I walked out free from sin. That's a miracle that doesn't just change me. That changes the world. So you see, he didn't just heal the paralyzed man so he could walk. He saved that man from his sins. 
And so that paralyzed man, and his testimony is, I, got, I mean, I can walk now, but my sins are forgiven. Can you imagine what that must have felt like for that man to know that his sins are forgiven? Much like all of you all, do you remember the time that Jesus came into your heart, and you asked Jesus into your heart, and that time when Jesus just in your heart, he confirmed your sins are forgiven. And so Jesus, in the miracle that he had of the paralyzed man, he saw more than just healing this man of his paralysis. He wants to heal this man of his sin, and he forgave his sin. And tonight, I want to talk about something that I think we face a lot of times as Christians. We ask Jesus into our heart, and even though we're not physically paralyzed, I think sometimes things get into our lives that spiritually paralyze us. And so I want to talk tonight about a miracle that Jesus can still do in your life, but in a spiritual way. And my question is, are you spiritually paralyzed? Well, we'll talk about that. What do I mean by that? Well, when we ask Jesus in our heart, Jesus says in John 10.10, he wants us to live abundantly. He wants us to live abundant life. Listen to the scripture. It says, Jesus says, the thief, he came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life, and you may have life more, what? Abundantly. So he wants you to have abundant life. But what I believe happens to many Christians is this. I think when we go through the daily routines of life, what happens many times is, what's happening the same time that Jesus wants you to have an abundant life? The thief is there. Well, who's the thief? Well, the thief is the devil. The thief is the spiritual warfare that we go through. And what the thief does is this. The thief knows he cannot take you to hell, so the thief knows this. If I know that he's, that person's going to heaven and that person's a Christian, I'm going to try to steal that person's joy. I'm going to try to make that person spiritually paralyzed. That's what that scripture says. Jesus wants you to have an abundant life. The thief wants to take it away from you. And so many things come into our life, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And I want, to, I want you to know tonight, no matter what's going on in your life, that you can walk out of this room just like that paralyzed person did. You can walk out of this room free again. And not spiritually paralyzed if you have things going on in your life that just seem to be just attacking you and making you spiritually paralyzed. Well, we'll talk about that as we go on. But I hope that no one in this room tonight is spiritually paralyzed. I hope things aren't going on to where the thief is stealing your joy. But the question comes back to this. Jesus wants you to have an abundant life. Jesus wants you to have that passion like, they, like we showed here. Could you imagine that paralyzed man when he was free and his sins were forgiven, the passion and the joy and the happiness that he had? Not that his life was perfect, but that he had this joy because Jesus did a miracle in his life. And Jesus and everybody in this room, if you have Jesus into your heart, Jesus did a miracle in your life. Jesus forgave your sins. And if you're here tonight and you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, the biggest miracle that you could have tonight is you ask Jesus into your heart. He will forgive your sins and you will be born again tonight. And that's more important than anything. You can walk out of here free of sin and not paralyzed anymore. 
And so we have to, first of all, look at some causes. We have to look at causes of what causes us to be paralyzed many times. Remember, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come that you may have life, and you may have life more abundantly, John 10.10. And so the devil's going to try to get you. Well, what are some things that cause spiritual paralysis? Well, number one, we'll just talk about number one right now. It is the tiredness of this world. I don't know if tiredness is a word, but it is now. And so what it is, you know what the tiredness of the world is? Are y'all tired? You ever get tired? It's life in general. It's work. And what goes, what goes on with work? It's sickness. It's politics. It's evil. It's anger. It's worry. It's stress. It's what happens because we're human. Amen? I mean, we're human, and so this stuff's going to happen. We get tired. The Bible says, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So the Bible is clear to say there are going to be times in our life that we're going to be weary. Are you weary tonight? It says, come to me all who are weary and burdened. Well, burden has that, that sound of it weighs you down. And the Bible says this. So, so many times what's going to happen is we're going to go through things in our life that are going to make us weary, and we're going to go through things in our life that are a burden and burdens us down. And it says this. Now, Jesus says, I will give you rest because here it is. Why does Jesus say he's going to give you rest? Because Jesus wants everybody in this room to live an abundant life. And so he goes ahead and says, I'm not just telling you to have an abundant life. I'm going to help you out. It says, heavy laden, weary, burdened. If you're burdened, I will give you rest. He goes on and says this. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For Jesus is gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So what Jesus is saying to you is this. You are going to get weary. You are going to get burdened. There are things going on in your all's life right now that might make you weary. And things that you're burdened about right now. And so you got two choices. You have a choice to give it to Jesus, which we'll talk about the solution later. But at the same time, the devil's there in your life trying to paralyze you by stealing. What is he trying to steal? He's trying to steal what Jesus can give you. And so he's going to tell you, try to do it on your own. He's going to tell you, just go ahead and give up. The devil's going to whisper these things in your ear. Just give up. You're, you're, never, you're always going to be sick. You're never going to get enough rest. And so what happens after a while is, have you all ever been so tired, you just, it's just, oh, you don't know what to do? And see, and the devil's going to come in there and say, you're never going to get better. You're just always going to be worse. And so what happens is, spiritually then, that paralyzes us. We get to a place in our life that when we're tired and stressed and worried, you know when you're stressed and you're worried and you're, you're burdened and you're weary, 
the last thing that probably happens in our lives is we want to read the Word of God because we just want to lay down or turn on the TV or do something to take our mind off of all this. And so the devil's whispering in your mind, just Jesus isn't going to help you, but Jesus says here, come to me. He, come to me all who are weary and burdened. See, Jesus wants to do a miracle in your life during this time, just like he did with the paralyzed man. He doesn't care how the paralyzed man got there. He saw the paralyzed man's faith, and he wanted to heal that person, and Jesus wants to heal you of your weariness. He wants to heal, heal you of your burdens that you have. He wants to make that yoke easier. Okay, he doesn't say he's going to take it away, does he? But what he says, he's going to make it easier. And he's going to make it light for you. Because you know what's going to happen? Jesus is going to carry it for you. Whereas the devil's telling you, you can take care of it yourself. You, you just take care of it. You don't need Jesus. You worry and you stress over it and see what happens. Isaiah 40, 29 says, he gives strength to the weary. There it is. So he's going to give strength to you. And he gives power to the weak. You ever felt weak? He's going to give you power. Whereas the devil's going to say to you, you're just weak. I don't, just, I'm stealing that away from you. And then pretty soon you know you're just paralyzed. You're just, you're just sitting there and you're just staring out and you don't, you don't know what to do next. Because the devil's trying to steal, kill, and destroy you. But Jesus wants you to have life and he wants you to have it more abundantly. Here's 2 Corinthians 4.16. I hate to sit, read this scripture because some of us in here are getting older. Have you ever noticed that? It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing. What is our outward man? This. This is perishing. Hate, hate to make some of us sad, but this is going away, isn't it? It's perishing. Our outward is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. Jesus wants to renew you no matter what your age is. If you're two or 102, Jesus wants to renew you. Don't look in the mirror tonight and go, I'm just getting old. I'm not, I don't know what's going to happen to me. That's the devil trying to steal your joy. We're all, I mean, we're all perishing. But just imagine if we're Christians, where we're going afterwards, we're going to heaven forever and ever and ever. But yet the outward may be perishing, but the inward man is renewed day by day when you follow Jesus Christ. See, the devil wants you to be paralyzed when you look in that mirror or when you see how old you get or if it's when your body aches. And he wants, the devil wants to make you just get all depressed and, and try to figure out what's going on. But Jesus wants you to be renewed day by day by day. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what age you are in this room, until you take your last breath, Jesus Christ wants to use you, and Jesus Christ has a plan for you. You don't ever forget that. You don't ever forget that even if you're on your bed and you're about to take your last breath. As long as you're alive, Jesus is letting you be alive because he has a plan for you and a purpose for you to give his glory to other people. And you remember that as, as we get older and things happen to us, that Jesus has a plan for you no matter what age you are. Because the devil's going to try to make you depressed and the devil's going to try to make you upset. And I'm not saying that you won't get that way to a certain extent. I'm just saying when that happens, you remember this sermon and you remember this, that Jesus wants to renew you inside. Because your soul is what's going to heaven. 
This body is not going to heaven. Amen, at least for me. This body is not going to heaven. I may get a new body, but my soul will, and I hope my soul is renewed day by day. So what causes spiritual paralysis? The first thing is this, the tiredness of the world. If you're tired with things going on right now, just tired too, maybe because of age, I want to tell you tonight that Jesus wants to do a miracle in your heart. He wants to renew you from the inside. Doesn't mean you won't have problems. Doesn't mean you won't have worries. But he's there to lift your burden. He wants to carry you through what you're going through. He wants to watch over you. So that's number one, the tiredness of this world. Number two, the strain of relationships. How many of us have relationships? Anybody? Sometimes they're, they're a strain of relationships. Now, what I mean by this is this. Not so much how people treat us, even though that's very important. The devil tries to steal our joy by how people treat us. But I really think the strain of relationships is how we treat other people. We must be very, very careful that we treat other people the way that Jesus Christ wants us to treat people. Like I said, it's, I understand that people treat us certain ways, and that's a strain of relationship. But what I'm talking about now is how do we treat people? You know, the, Matthew, it says this, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures till the end shall be saved. That's in Matthew that's in 24, verses 12 through 13. So what it's saying is this. Because of lawlessness in this world, because the world is the devil's. I know God's over everything, but Satan has control of this world. And because of the lawlessness of this world, what happens to Christians many times is our love will grow cold. There's a lot of things in this world that we don't agree with right now and that aren't in touch with the Word of God. We all know that. I'm not going to go into it. We all see it. But because of that lawlessness, it doesn't exclude us from having love that Jesus wants us to have toward people. That's how we live an abundant life, is to have love toward people. No matter what's going on, no matter what lawlessness, Jesus wants you to have love toward people. The Bible says in Philippians 2, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. So this scripture is saying that as a person, as me, the way I'm going to become paralyzed is if I become selfish, and if I become conceitful, I, it, it, that's, that's when my life is going to become paralyzed. Because God cannot use us when we are going against what his word wants us to say. He'll use us maybe as a bad example. God can use us when we are lowliness in mind. That means we humble ourselves. 
And it says this, that we esteem others people better than himself, which means this, we don't think we're better than anybody else. We're all God's creation, amen? God created all of us, and God's up in heaven, and he loves us, and he loves every one of his creation. He wants his creation to come to know that Jesus Christ died on the sin, on the cross for our sins, and he wants every one of his creation to come to know Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. And so Jesus Christ wants us to be, in our relationships, a, re- a person of love that we're going to love people, no matter the lawlessness around them. We're going to love people. We're not going to be selfish. We're not going to be conceit. We're going to be humble. We're going to look after interests. I mean, we look after our own interests. We need to take care of ourselves. It's important to take care of ourselves, but it's also important to take care of one another. So I want to help you, and you help me, and that's what we do as brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why we have church. That's why we have our Bible study groups. That's why we have fellow Christians, because we're supposed to lift people up. Christians should never attack other Christians, because that makes us paralyzed. Ephesians 4, 32 says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. So I'm told in this scripture, for me not to be paralyzed, I'm told in this scripture that I need to be kind to people, I need to be tenderhearted, I need to forgive people, even as Christ forgave me. I don't have a choice, I don't get to pick and choose, that's what it's saying I need to be like. So the devil's going to come, and the devil's going to try to steal that with me by putting people in my life that make me mad. And most of the time, people we get mad at is because we have selfish ambition and conceit. You ever notice that? See how it all kind of works? And so the devil's going to put people in my life, but that doesn't matter because for me not to be spiritually paralyzed, I'm going to need to get to the place in my life where I'm kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave me because Jesus did forgive you, right? What did he say to that man? Before he even held that man, what did he say? Your sins are forgiven because that's one of the most important things is forgive our sin. forgiveness of our sins is how we have our sins taken away. We go to heaven. We spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. And so if Jesus does that for us, we must be able to forgive other people. Is there somebody in your life right now that you need to forgive? Are you tender-hearted? Are you kind to one another? One another means everybody. And you're going, oh, this is really getting hard. Well, I don't know if it'd be easy. I don't think it was easy for those four people to put that man down and to Jesus either, but it had to be done because they wanted to see a miracle. And if you want to see a miracle in your life from Jesus, you're going to see we do it God's way. We do it the way Jesus wants to do it. You're going to see a miracle in your life. You're going to be happier than you've ever been before in your life. The tiredness of this world is going to go away because you're letting Jesus take care of it. Because Jesus has a plan for you. And Jesus has a purpose for you. It says in the Bible that he has a future for you and he has hope for you because he wants you to know you can live this abundant life and he wants to give you that abundant life. He doesn't want you to be paralyzed anymore. 
The last thing I want to talk about in the way of what happens, what causes this is, I, I called it the dryness of my walk with God. You know, when I first asked Jesus in my heart, I, I was real excited. Well, after a, a while with the tiredness coming on and, my, you know, strained relationships, sometimes I just kind of fall away from God. Sometimes I'm not as close to God as I was because I let other things get in the way. That's the devil coming in to still, maybe work gets in the way, or this gets in the way, or this first. You know, the Bible says in James 4, 8, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands. The Bible says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart, you double-minded. He's saying to me, sometimes you're just, you're going to fall away, and I want you to just cleanse your hands. Go before me. Clean your hands before me by asking repentance and say, I want to get back with you, God. Sometimes other things get in the way of our spiritual growth. Can you think of anything in your life right now that keeps you away from reading the Word of God or having your quiet time? Because the Bible says in Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you be filled. You want to know how you're filled and you feel satisfied? You want to know how you have that abundant life? You hunger and you thirst See, that man that wanted to get saved, I mean, wanted to be healed by Jesus, he hungered and thirsted to get healed. He wanted to be healed, and his friends did too, and they brought him, and they dropped him down there, but yet his sins were forgiven too. He was filled more than just being able to walk. He was, his sins were forgiven by God Almighty. And so I'm saying to you tonight that many times we let other things get in the way of our spiritual growth, but the Bible says you hunger and thirst for righteousness. The third thing in this dryness of my walk with God is this. Sometimes we just stop meeting and fellowshipping with other believers. I'm going to say this. We need each other. I need you praying for me. You need me praying for you. You need, need me encouraging you. I need you encouraging me. We need to encourage, be kind to each other. The Bible says, and let us not consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner to some, but exhorting one another, building people up, and so that the more as you see the day approaching. So this is saying as Jesus gets closer and closer and closer to the rapture and to the second coming, we need to be together more because we need that, don't we? You need the encouragement. I need the encouragement. We need somebody just to say to us, you're going to be okay. We need somebody to say, hey, let me pray for you. And I hope you're that type of person to somebody. If not, find somebody. Ask God, because God will give you somebody. I hope you're that type of person. And so you see, we have lots of causes of spiritual paralysis in our life. And you already know the answer is Jesus is the solution, right? I mean, Jesus has a solution, and he is the solution. But yet there's some things that we, you have to understand is this. If you're paralyzed right now because of the tiredness of life or your relationships and strained relationships or even your walk with God is dry, I'm here to say to you just like I want you to know these three things. Number one is this. Jesus is waiting for you. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to heal you. Isaiah says, therefore, the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. 
Jesus is waiting to you for you because he wants to be gracious to you. He wants you to turn yourself over to him completely. Not, you've already saved. As Christians, you're already saved, but there's just been some things in your life that have happened, and you, you just feel a little paralyzed, and you just need to, well, Jesus is waiting for you. He, he's, he's not mad. He's not upset. He's just waiting for you. He's saying, Tom, come, Tom, I'm waiting. Come on. Number two, Jesus is waiting for you with compassion. See, Jesus isn't waiting for you with judgment. The judgment is gone when you ask Jesus in your heart. The judgment is gone. Your sins are forgiven. You're spending eternity to have, you're righteous before God. The judgment is gone, but Jesus is waiting for you with compassion. Going, listen, I know we're spending heaven together, but I want you to have an abundant life here on earth. I don't want you to be messed up with all this stuff the devil's trying to steal from you. I want you to be happy here on earth. I know you got a lot going on. I know you got a lot going on in your life, but let me, let me be the one that helps lift that up. You just turn it over to Jesus because Jesus just doesn't say your sins are forgiven. Jesus says, pick up your mat and walk. He did both. It's a miracle. And the last one is Jesus is waiting for you with compassion and healing. Isaiah 53 says, surely he bore our griefs, basically our sickness, our weaknesses, our distresses, and carried out our sorrows and pains. And with the stripes that wounded him, okay, the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. You want to be whole tonight? Well, number one, if you want to be whole tonight, you ask Jesus Christ in your heart as personal Lord and Savior if you've never done that. You can be whole tonight. If you've already done that in your life and you've asked Jesus Christ into your heart, I'm here to say to you tonight that you're whole, yes, but the devil might have tried to steal some things through all the things that we talked about. And I'm saying tonight, Jesus is waiting for you with compassion and he's there to heal you. And tonight he can touch you. Turn your life over to Jesus as a Christian tonight and a rededication to say, Jesus, I've been trying to do this all on my own. And I'm dry and I'm paralyzed. And Jesus, I need you to just, I want to get up and walk out of here free from sin and my burden lifted. You can do that tonight by turning to Jesus. Not turning to me or the person beside you, but turning to Jesus Christ when we have this prayer. So let's bow our head tonight. And tonight, the first part of this is for the Christians in here. And tonight, if you have a, a burden in your life and, you're, and, and it seems to have just paralyzed you spiritually, I just, I just want you now, Jesus is waiting for you and Jesus is waiting for you with compassion. He wants to heal you tonight. And I just, in the most humble way that you can in your own heart, because it's got to be from your heart to God. You just tell Jesus tonight, Jesus, take my yoke. Jesus, take my weariness and my burden. Jesus, I want to humble myself before you. Jesus, give me that abundant life back. If you're here tonight and you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, in this story, Jesus says your sins are forgiven. Like the, like the testimony said, 
just to show he's God because he is God. And Jesus can forgive your sins and you can be whole tonight. So if you've never asked Jesus in your heart, you say this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sins and make me a Christian. Make me whole again. Jesus, let me walk out of here tonight free from sin. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. And God, we thank you for the word of God and how it transforms our life. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.